to get back into that space that I had been so far away from. And, and when I say the space, I mean the space where you can talk about things with people without agendas and just sort of with a sense of wonder of what's around you. And it takes a while and there's a start and stop and everybody is trying to feel their way through this program. But over the course of a year and the trajectory of what we went through together, I really did have that sense again and kind of was capable of feeling that energy or feeling engaged in the world that I, I have to say, I hadn't felt that way for a number of years. So that was quite, quite amazing. You're listening to the Midlife Fulfill Podcast, the show for men and women over 40 who want to thrive in midlife. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. I surveyed hundreds of men and women over the age of 40, and I discovered that 78% of them reported not to be fulfilled. That's when I realized that I wasn't alone. So I launched this podcast where I feature midlifers with an inspirational fulfillment story to share with you, as well as experts sharing information on a relevant topic that helps you thrive in your current midlife season. So stop beating yourself up. You deserve to thrive in midlife, and I want to help you with that. So listen up to this episode, and if you haven't subscribed to the Midlife Fulfill podcast, be sure to press the follow or subscribe button on your podcast player so that you don't miss future episodes. And subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get each episode delivered to your inbox, along with bonus content to help you thrive in midlife. And now, I invite you to prepare to be inspired, educated, challenged, or maybe all three. Enjoy this episode of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. Hello, my midlife friend. Welcome to episode 112. This is Bernie Borges, your host of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. Hey, if you're new to the pod, welcome. Hey, this is an immersive storytelling episode brought to you by the Inspired Leadership Initiative at the University of Notre Dame. In this episode, you're going to meet ILI alum David Tank. Now, this is the third of a five-part series of ILI alum featuring their personal stories of transformation. On the first episode, which was episode 102, you met Bill Schenner. On the second episode, which was episode 108, you met Michelle Kelrooney. And on this episode, episode 112, you're going to meet David Tank. Now, when you listen to David's story, I want to suggest that you observe his experience where he says that he's the same person that he was before he went through the year-long program at ILI at Notre Dame. But now he has a new perspective on how he engages with people, where he's open-minded to conversations that maybe he wasn't as open-minded to having in the past. Now, let me tell you about David's core career. He was a trial attorney for several decades. After he graduated from law school, he was continuously engaged in busy civil trial practice until his retirement from Dorsey and Whitney at the end of June 2021. Now, over the years, David handled cases involving diverse areas of law, concentrating on complex business litigation. And since his quote-unquote retirement from full-time practice of law, he's devoted substantial time working pro bono for death penalty defendants in Missouri, Oklahoma, and Nebraska. 
Now, you'll hear David describe his experience as a trial lawyer, what he enjoyed about it, as well as one characteristic about being a trial lawyer that concerned him outside the courtroom. On this episode, David is generously sharing a personal experience that clearly had a great impact on him. Maybe there's some aspect of David's story that personally resonates with you. Now, let me remind you that the Inspired Leadership Initiative at the University of Notre Dame is one of the pioneering Encore education programs. I first discovered it when I featured Tom Schreier, the founding director of the ILI program, back on episode 64. Tom explained how this program is for people who are looking for an encore in their career, people who've completed a core career, and they know they still have a a lot to offer the world, but they don't know exactly what they want to do next. So they attend this program on campus at Notre Dame for a full academic year, taking courses, engaging with faculty and students. Upon completion of the program, the participants, who are known as fellows, are moved so significantly in mind, body, and spirit that they're open to exploring a portfolio of opportunities. Well, without further ado, here is my conversation with David Tank. David, welcome to the Midlife Fulfill Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thanks, Bernie. My pleasure. David, you have spent a core career in the legal profession. You were a lawyer for, what, three decades, give or take? Still am a lawyer, but yeah, okay. three plus decades, you bet. There you go. But I want to take you back to the beginning of your career. So when you first graduated from law school, you obviously knew you were going in that direction because you graduated from law school. If you can think back to that time, what was it that you were thinking that you were going to experience in a career as a lawyer? You know, I had not a lot of experience. Nobody in my immediate family had been a lawyer. I hadn't spent a lot of time with lawyers and had spent virtually no time in a courtroom. So I didn't quite know what to expect. It's hard to recall exactly how I felt other than I was extremely anxious. I had chosen a path of being a trial lawyer, which seemed incompatible with my personality. So I remember those first few years being highly nervous and anxious about the process. And so it took me a fair amount of time to gain my confidence and to develop some of the skills that were so important to what I was trying to do. And you say it took you some time to gain your confidence. Is that what you mean by it was incompatible with your personality? Yeah, I was and still am an introvert, you know, by personality type. And of course, trying to figure out how to be outspoken, how to advocate for clients, how to address witnesses and juries was a challenge for me. And I was worried that I might not be able to harness the energy and the confidence necessary to to do that effectively. So amazingly, pretty early on in my career, I found that I was able to kind of harness some energy in a courtroom environment that I may not have been able to harness in an interpersonal environment, which was a bit puzzling to me, still is. But I managed to, to do that. And, you know, like many things, the practice of law is built on success and traction. And so I just gradually became more and more confident in my ability to do my job. As you gain that confidence, David, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy being a trial attorney when you were in the courtroom doing what you do as a trial attorney? Were you enjoying yourself? 
Yeah, I really did like it. I liked everything about it. I liked the preparation. I liked developing the skill set. I liked the fact that you could get better over time. I was always and still am competitive, so I enjoyed the sense of somebody was going to prevail. So I, I really did enjoy everything about being a trial lawyer. I especially enjoyed doing trials where you can spend years of work preparing and then in front of a jury, finally, you could see basically how you did getting ready and how prepared you were. And I made the connection between mastery of the evidence and the facts, and, and I could see how that would help me so that doing trials was sort of the, the high point for me in my um, core career. So I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go through the training and education that you went through and nor did I ever do what you did. But I can imagine, as you explain it, I can imagine how that would be something that you would enjoy. What I'm wondering, David, is did being a trial lawyer and all of the habits, I'm not sure if habits is the right word. I'm going to stay with that for now. And feel free to give me a different word in response to my questions. The habits that you developed as a trial lawyer how did they suit you outside the courtroom? Well, that's a great question because that's the question I began to ask myself in, over the last several years, specifically whether, I don't know, characteristics or traits that served me very well in my trial practice. I began to wonder whether they were serving me as well just as a human being in the world. And so some of these characteristics that make a good trial lawyer don't translate especially well to the real world and dealing with people. And, you know, we're not good listeners. Typically, we are opinionated. We're quick to make judgments about things. We can be aggressive. We're competitive. And I think if you let it, the trial practice can corrupt some of these personal characteristics. And I sensed a bit of that over the years occurring to me. And I, it, it, was, it was concerning. Okay. So clearly you've given this significant thought and not just recently. You, you just admitted that, you know, you thought about it over the years. Let's kind of fast forward to more current times. You mentioned at the beginning, you're still a lawyer, but you're no longer with the firm that you practice with for many, many years. At what point did you decide that you wanted to make some kind of a change in your life? At what point was that? The Inspired Leadership Initiative, known as ILI, at the University of Notre Dame, is one of the pioneering Encore education programs emerging on university campuses around the world. It's a program for accomplished individuals from any professional background who have completed their core careers and wish to discover, discern, and design the next phase of their lives. Program participants, known as fellows, immerse into the Notre Dame community for an academic year engaging in core ILI programming components, taking courses, engaging with faculty and students, and tapping into the vast array of resources available on a university campus. I have had the privilege of getting to know and engage with the leadership of the ILI, and I am very impressed by their commitment to empowering those who are looking for transformation. You can learn more about the ILI at ili.nd.edu. You know, as I grew in my practice, I was working on bigger and bigger cases. 
which meant that I had fewer and fewer cases to work on. And there came a point about two or three years ago when two of the big cases that I was working on both came to a natural conclusion. And so it was an opportune time for me to make an affirmative decision about whether I wanted to dive back in, generate additional new business, which at the time I felt would require, you know, a moral commitment on my part for maybe another two or three years, given the types of cases I was working on. And I began to ask myself whether this was still the space I wanted to occupy in my life. And I began to think about these characteristics, these traits that I had acquired that had served me so well as a lawyer and whether there was a prospect to maybe step back and think about my life, maybe from a slightly different perspective. And so I've been sort of ruminating on those issues. And when the time in my practice came where there was a lull or a normal break, I decided then was the time to maybe uh, challenge myself in a different in a different way. And is that what led you to investing in the Inspired Leadership Initiative at Notre Dame? Yeah, well, not directly. I mean, I when I decided to step back from the practice, I didn't have a specific plan to pursue anything in particular. But yeah, not not very uh, soon after I withdrew from the practice, the program similar to ILI came to my attention. I began to kind of explore that as a as a possible way to kind of reorient myself a little bit. So when you did make the commitment to invest an academic year of your life in the ILI program, what was your this could, this is going to be a two part question, David? Part one is what was your initial thought going into it? And then, and you can combine your answers if you, if you want to, and then what did you actually experience in that academic year? So what did you thought you expected to experience? And then what did you actually experience? You know, I tried very hard, you know, as I was heading into the ILI year, not to have any specific expectations of what I would hope for or what I anticipated. So I had two kind of guidelines that I tried to impose on myself as I was heading into this year-long experience. The first is to be open to whatever came my way. And it, it sounds obvious and simple, but openness at my age and based on my experience was something that was not, I was not real comfortable with that. I was always very quick to have ideas. I, I always wanted to be ahead of the curve and know exactly what was going to happen. And I wanted to be able to control what happened. And I tried very hard to get rid of that attitude as I went into ILI. And so I wanted to be open to whatever moved me at the time. The second sort of criteria I tried to impose on myself was to put myself out maybe more than I would normally have done. In other words, I, over the years, had found ways to avoid doing things that I was uncomfortable in. I, I kind of created a bubble for myself to live in, in in a realm that was comfortable for me, but maybe not as challenging as it needed to be. So I also, when I traveled to Notre Dame, wanted to force myself to participate in activities that maybe I would in an, you know, in an earlier period in my life, I've been reluctant to engage in. So those were the sort of the standards that I tried to adhere to as I entered the program. Well, you read my mind. I was actually going to ask you if you did anything 
that took you outside your comfort zone? I think you just answered that. But of course, David, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on what are some of the things that you did that took you outside your comfort zone and and how did you deal with them? Well, you know, I had to have a structure at, at Notre Dame. That was one of the things that was beneficial to me. I had a schedule. I was accountable for that. And so I had to get up and go to a class or whatever. And so that was important. The things that I chafed at or that I found a bit uncomfortable at the outset were just the normal day-to-day social interactions that I would experience in my ILI group, these dinners that we would have. When I came to Notre Dame, I thought, man, that's going to be a very hard thing for me to deal with because I'm just not a, that's kind of outside my comfort zone. I'm not a natural when it comes to meeting new people and, and, and trying to get to know people that I have not experienced. And especially I wondered whether, since I would be one of the few lawyers in the group, how that would affect my ability to create or become a member of this community. So I was, I was nervous about that, but I was committed to make the effort and to see what, what would happen. And did your actual experience surprise you? Yeah, it did. It did surprise me. I mean, of course, the prospect of being on a college campus, attending classes, you know, I, I expected that to be energizing. I expected that to be stimulating. And, and so I was not disappointed, but I wasn't surprised at the outcome on that level. I was surprised at the depth of the community that we were able to form as a group once we got to campus. Um, you mean the cohort that you were in at ILI? Yeah, right. And that was sort of an unexpected positive experience that I didn't really see coming and was sort of overwhelmed at willingness of everybody to share things about their lives that really brought us all close together. And I I didn't see that coming, to be honest. And that was quite a benefit to my participation that I didn't expect. So looking back, David, on your experience in that academic year at ILI, What are some of the big takeaways for you? Because what I'm hearing in your voice was that it was quite an impactful experience. And maybe you can elaborate on exactly how it impacted you. One of the things that I wondered when I was wrapping up the part of my legal career was whether it was possible for someone, I'm 64 now, I was 63 when I enrolled in the program, whether it was possible for somebody of my age to revisit, rethink, and reassess the world and with, with sort of a different perspective and with the benefit of being alive for as long as I'd been alive. And I wasn't, I have to say, I was skeptical about that. I didn't think that was going to be easy or even possible. Having gone through the program, I can say with some confidence that at least my experience demonstrated that it's that it was possible if you're open to the um, opportunity. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I've talked about privately with, with people is how similar my year with the ILI group was to some of the more formative periods in my life. 
And I think back on, you know, my undergraduate years when you're all young and earnest and excited and engaged. And I wondered whether getting together with people who are my age could possibly rekindle that sort of sense of being alive and, and, and excitement about, about the world. And I have to say that for me and everybody's experience is different. Is different, but for me, it was quite the same. It was an amazing thing to get back into that space that I had been so far away from. And, and when I say the space, I mean the space where you can talk about things with people without agendas and just sort of with a sense of wonder of what's around you. And it takes a while and there's a start and stop and Everybody is trying to feel their way through this program, but over the course of a year and the trajectory of what we went through together, I really did have that sense again and kind of was capable of feeling that energy or feeling engaged in the world that I, I have to say I hadn't felt that way for a number of years. So that was quite, quite amazing. So David, my, my next question, I think you just began to answer it. But I'm going to ask anyway, because I, I'd like to ask you to elaborate on that. And that is, how are you different now on the other side of the ILI program? I don't think I'm that different. I mean, I have to say that much as you can maybe hope for an epiphany or sort of a, a life-altering uh, experience, I'm still basically the same person I was when I entered it. And I'm basically the same person who at, at 18 uh, graduated high school and went went to college. But I do think that elements of my personality, elements of how I think about the world that had maybe shut down or gone sort of cold or inactive have been re-triggered. And that my capacity to feel awe, to be moved in a way that I hadn't been moved. I feel like I have opened up some of those networks in my head and in my heart a little bit. And I am a work in progress for sure. But I do feel a sense of optimism and hope that if I just persevere, that I can um, continue this personal growth effort that really kind of motivated me to enroll in, in ILI. By the way, I'm a member of that same club, David, that club yeah. being the work in progress club. I've yeah. been a, a member of that club for a while and I probably always will be. So if I may share something that I'm hearing and tell me if my characterization that you, if you agree or, or not with my characterization, because what I'm taking from our conversation, David, is that you have a lens you didn't have before in terms of just how you look at things and that that lens is just giving you a great appreciation. You said a moment ago, you're the same person. Well, what I'm hearing is this lens metaphor that you have this lens you didn't have before and you're very appreciative of that and how it can impact or is impacting your life in a positive way. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair description. And it is sort of a hearkening back to um, maybe some of the feelings I had as a younger man. And, you know, as I watched people around me get older and become less engaged with the world and maybe aggrieved or, you know, dissatisfied, I, I sort of resolved to try not to let that happen to me. And to try to find whatever, whatever it was that would keep me interested and keep me engaged. And so I think, you know, among the lessons from ILI is the lesson to listen, to be 
open to these opportunities and to try to, again, where we started the conversation, try to maintain that open mind to things new, different, reassess things that I had assessed once before and, and, and think about things actively as, as they occur. And so I'm trying to follow that path. We'll see. Well, again, as we, we both know, the Work in Progress Club is a popular club, but it sounds like the, uh, the ILI program has, uh, has given you a lot to be thankful for in your current situation. And I love the way you frame it all up. And I really appreciate, David, your authenticity and your willingness to share your story. Do you have anything else you'd like to add as a closing thought before we close things out here? No, and I'm, and I'm very reluctant to try to provide sort of advice or guidance to others because everybody is traveling through life at a different pace and with different perspectives. But I, I guess my takeaway from the program and the lesson that I have learned is that if you're willing to adjust your attitudes and your priorities, uh, if you're willing to engage new people on new subjects and have an open mind, that there really is an opportunity for personal growth and you know, sometimes it takes a little discomfort and, and you've got to push a little bit to, to get where you need to go. But I just, my example, I think is that it's, it is possible and there is a path other than just becoming more and more sort of isolated from the world, which I was concerned that's where I, that's where I was headed. So yeah, that would be my takeaway and check with me in a year and in five years and see how I'm, I'm doing. I might just do that, David. Yeah. Well, David, again, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. Uh, I think you've given, given our listener and myself so much to appreciate and to think about. So thank you so much, David. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Bernie. I want to thank David Tank for sharing his story on this immersive storytelling episode. Episode three of five brought to you by the Inspired Leadership Initiative Program at the University of Notre Dame. If the ILI program sounds like something that you're interested in learning more about, just scroll or swipe over to the show notes page for this episode and you'll find a link to the ILI website. Hey, be sure to join me on my midweek solo takeaway episode where I'm going to share my takeaway from this conversation with David Tank. I'll also offer you a challenge to think about as it pertains to his story. Hey, if you're not subscribed to the Midlife Fulfilled podcast, I hope you'll press the follow or subscribe button on your podcast player. If you want to subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which includes each week's guest episode plus a bonus piece of content pertaining to midlife fulfillment, just scroll down to the show notes page and you can subscribe there. You can always visit my website at midlifefulfilled.com to binge listen to previous episodes, such as episode 64, featuring Tom Schreier, the founding director of the Inspired Leadership Initiative at Notre Dame. Hey, it's that time where I remind you that if you're 80% fulfilled, you're doing great. How do I know that? Listen to episode 100 for the answer to that question. My midlife friend, I'll see you on my midweek episode, episode 113, for my takeaway and challenge for you to consider from this conversation with David Tank. I'll see you then. <laughs>